Hello, and welcome to This One Good Life podcast, where we slow down and explore the beauty and goodness that surrounds us every day. My name is Stephen Ingram. And I am Bryant Johnson, and we're so glad you're able to join us today. On today's episode, we are slowing down to explore the idea um, and practice, really, of listening beyond the words, listening uh, for the emotion that's behind the emotion, and being aware of that in ourselves as well. Um, sometimes uh, extremely difficult to do, and uh, I'll share this in a little while, Stephen, once we, once we jump in. I'm pretty bad at this. Uh, so <laughs> on this, which episode, is why we, which is why we're talking this, about it, right? <laughs> this, everything I say would be more framed up in the, uh, uh, realm of confession than like, do like I do. <laughs> I, I, I've wondered if this podcast is, uh, is, is our, is our way of doing therapy. <laughs> totally. We should pay just, each other. I know, right? Just just processing out loud and kind of dealing with the things we got to deal with and maybe it'll be helpful to someone else. <laughs> no, I, I think that's right though because we all deal with we all deal with anger. I mean, and 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 people say, "Well, I don't deal with anger. I don't lash out at people." Look, we all have anger. It might come out in different ways, but we all have anger. We all experience anger in, in some level or another, and that anger might be destructive towards others, destructive towards ourselves. Some of us might, you know, bottle it up, bottle it up, bottle it up, and and you know, it very rarely will come out to the rest of the world. But but we all deal with anger, um, and uh, and I think in this episode, like you said, we want to not just talk about anger. You know, a couple weeks ago we talked about talked about um, uh, silence in a world that screams, and we kind of we kind of tiptoed into some of the anger stuff, but uh, but you know what we we don't want to just talk about the anger, but where does it come from? Um, and how oftentimes with ourselves and with others, the thing that we're angry at has very little to do with the thing that we're really angry at. <laughs> That's more often more often true than not, right? Yeah, um, yeah I kind of think of it, you know, we talked about pain a while back. Yeah. Pain serves a purpose. Nobody's going out and saying, man... I'm a, I'm looking for some pain today, right? Like right, um, right. <laughs> and you know, there's a little caveat there because there are issues around pain that that some people deal with, and and we get that, we understand that. Um, yeah. So I don't mean to make that lightly, but I think anger is kind of the same thing. Like nobody wakes yeah. up and goes, "Man, I can't wait to stir up some anger in me today." <laughs> um, but it serves a purpose, and it's it's a natural emotion. So um, yeah. avoiding anger, I don't think, is the goal. Right. Uh, responding to anger, um, controlling uh, anger, um, processing it in healthy ways. Those those are the goals. And, and that's yeah. some of what we'll talk about and kind of share our success and, uh, and failures and uh, future failures that are sure to come. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, you know, in, in meditation, there, there's this principle in, in meditation that I think is applicable to this uh, conversation. You know, in meditation... When you when you're doing meditation right, uh, it's not that your mind is completely blank because you've pushed all the thoughts that come into your mind away. It's that when the thoughts come into your mind, you let them come and you let them go. The key is is that you recognize them, you recognize them for what they are, and you kind of deal with them in a non-judgmental way. And then and then it's more easy. It's it's a lot easier to release them when they come and you kind of wave at them as they pass by, you don't, you don't fixate on them. Uh, and I think anger is, is, is similar in that way is that the first part of dealing with anger and, 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 um, 
learning to process it is recognizing it when it comes and trying to recognize it in a non-judgmental way. Because um, I know some people uh, will feel, I, we just had a, a conversation, I've, I've been having a couple of conversations with my son over the past a couple of weeks, and you know, I think his hormones are starting to kick in, and he's uh, he's gotten really angry. My son's a super chill guy, right? And he's gotten really angry a couple of times in the past couple of weeks. And uh, like we were like, whoa, what is happening with this guy? Um, and then afterwards, he he's crying. He's really upset. He's like, Dad, I just feel so bad. I don't want to feel angry like that. And I'm like, buddy, don't don't feel bad for feeling angry. Ang- anger is a natural emotion. It's what you do with it is what matters. And uh, so that's sort of the gospel we're preaching to him right now is uh, don't, you know, let encounter the anger in a non-judgmental way um, and then figure out what to do with that uh, anger. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, so wildly important um, to recognize what, what's behind it, um, especially in, in times of, of anger. Um, and I think, right, it, probably if we stopped and paused with all emotions, there's mm-hmm. more behind the scenes than the emotion we're expressing. Like when we are fully excited, when I'm fully excited, yeah. There's so much more beyond that's uh, stirring that excitement yeah. than just uh, just in that moment. And, and the same thing with anger. There's so yeah. much else uh, that's behind that um, that's stirring it and, and causing it up. I think it's common that like fears, frustration, anxiety, um, something that's maybe much more deeply rooted in our lives. Um, yeah. So for for me, when I was a kid, we moved around a lot. Parents were pastors. Mm-hmm. Um, I never, as a kid, formed relationships that I knew I could depend and trust on. Because right. in a year, those were gone. Yeah. Or in two years, those were gone. So, and <laughs> you know, you add on top of that being an introvert, uh, right? So, like, <laughs> like there was this, this, this loss and longing um, mm-hmm. for something that I never had really until um, till college. Um, mm. So that's a thing, right? Like, it's deeply rooted in who I am, um, yeah. this, uh, this sense or lack of, of relationships. And so anger often can be exposed because of something that's so deeply rooted in us that may mm-hmm. come from like years and years ago, um, mm-hmm. that if we're not aware of it, man, it sneaks up and, uh, you know, takes us by surprise. Um, so it does take some exploration. It, it takes some discovery to figure out what's going on inside you. But, but the same thing with, with others when they're angry with us too, right? It's like, What's going on? What's going on that's bigger than what they're expressing uh, yeah. to me right now? Yeah, that, I, I think that's the reason why self-awareness and, and, and self-awareness practices are so important. Um, uh, several years ago, I think it was like maybe five years ago, uh, there was a, it was a small river in England, and they were, um, they were having to, I think they were either widening the banks or they were dredging the river, Right. And uh, they, they were doing that, and all of a sudden, they they basically hit metal with the backhoe or whatever it was that they were dredging with, and they, um, I don't know, they got the water away from it or whatever, and they realized that it was a, a bomb that hadn't gone off from World War II. Mm-hmm. It had dropped in this river. It, it had settled down in the silt, and it, was, it had been lying there for 60, 70 years, um, and when they hit it, they, uh, and they realized what it was, they freaked out. They're like, oh my gosh, we could have blown everybody, everybody. 
And holy cow, you can talk about a great analogy for anger, right? If 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 we if we have these bombs that are inside mm-hmm. of us, you know, unknowingly a lot of times it um, it's just sitting there below the surface, and then all of a sudden somebody uh, somebody somebody digs around a little bit, something uncovers it, and then boom, you know, fortunately, well, yeah, fortunately for the folks in England, it didn't blow up, but unfortunately for folks across the table from many of us, uh, they get the full the full force of it, right? That's exactly right. And so when I'm with, <laughs> this, is, this is that uh, moment of confession, right? When I'm with somebody <laughs> whose who's bomb goes off, right? It gets triggered, yep. it gets hit, um, and they, you know, a little explosion takes place. Um, I'm really bad at my response in those moments, mm. um, especially when it's somebody I'm close with. And, and maybe that's another conversation, but um, people I'm close with, I'm more vulnerable with. So yeah. I feel more exposed um, yeah. And that's my responsibility, not theirs for sure. But um, when their when their anger comes out, um, because I feel more exposed, I don't respond well. I really don't. I, yeah. I tend to um, I tend to kind of give it back <laughs> at mm-hmm. some level, <laughs> and that that's not right. Like that's my own yeah. lack of awareness or um, kind of um, being attentive to to who I am in the moment, or like even just simply taking a breath before responding. Um, yeah. my instinct is, is just to give it back. And it's not till after that thing has happened that, that generally then I go, Oh yeah, this is what was going on. And, and it yeah. wasn't about the words we were saying, the, the thing that was in me, um, I, you know, this is what was going on there. The thing that was in the other person, this is what was being exposed and, and what went off. If I could yeah. have been more cautious, yeah, yep. that would have been different. And that, that's my responsibility, I think. You know, and some people argue with that, but when an argument takes place, when, when two people are angry at each other, somebody's got to be responsible to do something different. Yeah, um, that's right. Right? Like the, To de-escalate. Yeah, exactly. And, and I always feel like that's my responsibility no matter what. And I, I mm. hope the other person feels that way too. Yeah. Um, but I always want to feel like that is my responsibility to be the one who takes a breath, to be the one who helps kind of tamper things down. Um, <laughs> I feel that way, and I rarely practice it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't know if you've ever seen a video of, uh, you, you see them a lot of times around the 4th of July, um, a video where a fire has been started inside of a, a fireworks, you know, one of those fireworks <laughs> mega stores. They're always amazing. <laughs> They're amazing, right? I mean, it's magnificent. You're like, wow, that 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 is just 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 pure power that's really cool to watch on a youtube video not awesome to watch uh in a conversation between love <laughs> because that's what happens right i mean it's it's yeah. one small thing yeah. right yeah. one small thing goes off which leads to a chain reaction of a bigger thing which leads to a chain reaction of a bigger thing and all of a sudden um you know big ted's tnt warehouse is exploding in your living room and nobody is happy yeah yeah that's right because <laughs> if you offend me I, I i know what i can say to offend you and now I've yeah. right like now now I have done that yep. and and then the other person's response is like oh so you're going to bring yep. that up yeah. well how let me tell you about this then because <laughs> this just happened yesterday and I yep. didn't say anything you know like yep. <laughs> and that until somebody deescalates yeah that will continue um, yeah and, yeah and 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 again it's it's because there's so much underneath the surface Right. I mean, there's so much underneath the surface. If we don't deal with it, uh, it, it doesn't take a lot to expose it. And then and then once it's exposed, 
you know, emotions take over, anger takes over, hurt takes over. And, uh, you know, we're not working from our logical mind. We're not working from, we're not working from reason or rationale or love. Uh, and, and when those three characteristics, um, uh, get put on the back burner, it can get really nasty if we got a lot of stuff buried down deep. That's exactly right. And one of the greatest 20th century examples, uh, I, I can think of uh, is Anakin Skywalker, um, yeah, from the yeah. Star Wars series, right? Where, Come on. um, throughout and gosh, uh, you know, some people hate the prequels. Uh, I, ha- I have a love hate, uh, <laughs> relationship there, but, but that's where it begins, right? Just because he lost his mom. Yep. It was an early, uh, early loss, deep loss. Um, yep that stirred the anger and stirred the yep. response. And and some people in the story knew how to flame that anger, right, and make it bigger yep. and take advantage of it. Um, you had uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, who was always kind of the voice of hope and new life um, through yep. the story, pointing him in a new direction. But what he continued to give into was this unresolved issue that was stirring the anger. And mm-hmm. then, you know, as this wonderful uh, story goes, uh, then takes it out <laughs> and wipes out like wipes out tons yep. and tons of people as, as a response. And I think our anger when we just lash out does the same thing. Um, yeah. There is a turn later in the story, um, you know, just before he, just Spoiler before alert. he dies. Uh, <laughs> but, but it really is that um, unawareness of yeah. what was stirring his anger that caused yep. that lash out. And, and the trick is that's not some magical story. That's exactly what we do in our life. Yep, when we allow it. the anger to be toked or stoked um, uh, further and further. Toked? Did, we, did you just say toked? I did. I said toked. Are you toking your anger? <laughs> That's awesome. Give, give me one one puff on that anger stick you got there. <laughs> well, you know, you're right. It's a, it's the story of all of us. Um, and, and, you know, the truth of the matter is that the tempting part of anger for us, you know, the tempting part of anger for Anakin uh, I think was revenge and power, yeah. right? Yeah. If, if he could hurt those who hurt him, uh, then maybe he would find solace, right? Maybe he would find peace. We know that didn't work. Um, I think the tempting peace for us uh, is, is revenge as well. Um, and I also think, I think we'll, we, we believe we'll feel better um, if, if we'll let it out. Right. I, I mean, I know there's a sense in my head sometimes is maybe I just need to just 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 let it all out on this person. Maybe I just need to just just give it to them and then they'll know and then I'll feel better. And it never, ever, ever works. Well, does, in fact, yeah. you feel bad about it afterwards. Yeah. And it doesn't like that same logic doesn't make sense anywhere else. That's so right. like, <clears throat> oh, my gosh, my food's too salty. Maybe I'll add more salt. That's right. Right? Like, That's right. yeah, it's it just stirs up more saltiness in your mouth. Right? Like, That's right. So, anger and, and this lashing out, like, I'll lash out more, and that will that. Yeah. That's where the no. Now you just have even more to deal with and more to repair. Yeah. That's right. Well, and you know, Yoda hits it uh, so well with his quote, right? Well, I, I I can never remember the the exact uh, the exact uh, uh, phrasing of it, but it's like anger leads to this, which leads to that, which leads to that. What what, what is that? Um, 
Yoda quote. We're going to type it in right now, folks. This is real time. Yeah, it's so I wanted to say it word for word. Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. There you go. Thank you, Yoda. Thank you, Yoda. And just so y'all know, we do have Google up at all times <laughs> during the podcast. <laughs> so when we can't remember what it is that we're wanting to talk about. That's it. Yeah. 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 But that's right. Right. It's a progression. Yeah, uh, totally. And it takes you deeper and deeper uh, into that. Um, I, I was reading a, a really good article this past week uh, from Psychology Today. We'll, we'll make sure it's in the in the show notes. So the article was uh, called Why Do We Get Mad? It's from Psychology Today. Uh, and it really just talks about the progression leading up to us being angry. Uh, and it and it gives three kind of pieces uh, that, that lead up to anger. And uh, I thought it was so helpful. So I thought I'd kind of bring the article in today and, and, and just talk about those three pieces a little bit. Uh, the first one is trigger. Uh, there's always some sort of event that happens right before someone gets angry that serves as the trigger, right? There, there's something. It's not just that people don't just walk in to a room and blow up. There's something that causes that. There's something that precipitates that. Do you know what it is for you? Do you know what the trigger is for you? You know, just depending on the situation, um, I I think for me, the, if, if I'm trying to be self-evaluative here, I think for me that my main triggers are uh, when I don't feel like my communication is coming through. Uh, and that, that could be to uh, uh, my wife or a friend or my children. You know, I'm trying to tell them something and they're just not listening, right? I get really frustrated when I don't feel like I'm being understood. That's a big trigger for me. Um, I think the other one is when I see um, injustice, whatever that, it doesn't have to be some big social justice kind of thing. But when I feel like something is not playing out fairly, uh, I get really, I get really frustrated uh, with that. Uh, what, what, what about you? What are your triggers, Brian? Yeah, I think there's two, two key ones. Um, one is, uh, you know, if, if we've talked about something, we, we have a plan or, you know, this is how we're going to deal with whatever. Um, and then, uh, you know, whether it's my wife or somebody else, and then uh, some other action takes place um, mm. that's unexpected or unexplained yeah. or, um, or, you know, like, oh, well, I just thought that was your good idea. Uh, yeah, but I wasn't yeah. in it, right? Like, so yep. um, there's all kinds of communication stuff there. That That's one um, where things things don't go as I expected. Yeah. Can mm-hmm. trigger. Um, so I don't like surprise parties. I don't, I really don't like surprises <laughs> of any kind, uh, to, you know, to be honest. Um, and then the other is, is quite similar to what you were explaining is, um, gosh, we talked, was it last episode? Maybe, I don't know. felt like you were interviewing me about uh, being an introvert. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. And one of the things I know I do, just personality, is pause to listen and then speak because mm-hmm. I have consumed all this information first, right? Right. Um, and I'm, I'm not blind to the fact that sometimes my, uh, sometimes of what, like what I resolve out of that conversation is wrong. I fully get it. Sure. Um. And I, I think that's part of the problem is uh, when we're in the middle of an argument or, or conversation or we're talking and and I just haven't been listened to or felt heard. Yeah. Um, that often it gets very frustrating for me. And I have to be aware of that because it doesn't make it right. Yeah. Um, I just have to pay attention that like, oh, gosh, I'm feeling unheard. That mm-hmm. may or may not be true. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, I got to pause here and let's figure that, that piece out because if I continue, I'm just kind of diving into like, Oh, they're not listening. Oh, they're not yeah. listening. Oh, yeah. um, all the, all I'm doing at that point is just like adding a little bit of gasoline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'll become fixated on whatever it is that I want to make sure I'm heard about. And I'll, I'll, I, it's easy for me to get kind of micro focused on, on that. You know, I, my, my wife and I, we really don't, we used to argue a lot when we were first married. Oh my gosh, we would just butt heads and, <laughs> and, and, you know, because part of it was because we came from two different, um, arguing styles in terms of oh, like sure. our, our family of origins. And so we had to figure that out. Uh, but, but, um, when we get into an argument now, which is actually not, not that often, which is fantastic. Um, after 16 years of marriage, it's a, it's a great thing. Um, I find that when I get really angry, which very rarely happens anymore, but when I get really angry is when I keep saying the same thing over again. I'm trying to tell you this. This is what happened. Please see, you know, please hear me. <laughs> and and I just don't feel like she's she's hearing it. Right. Um, and she said, and and then what will happen is she she'll interrupt me and say, "You've already said that." And then I get like crazy angry. Because I'm like, well, you didn't hear it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, w- I would quit saying it if you would actually listen. And you know, those those arguments are never a good thing, right? <laughs> oh, totally. I and I tend to just speak louder, right? And so, right. like in the middle of an argument, because I haven't felt heard, I say it again, but I raise the volume yeah. um, because I think, oh yeah, well. Maybe, maybe I'm just, you know, softly speaking in my anger right now. That's right. Um, and again, it's, it doesn't help. Yeah, it, so, so we all, we all have these triggers, right? We, we all have this thing that kind of triggers us. And, you know, we, we start off talking this, uh, in, in this episode about there's always a thing behind the thing. Uh, rarely, uh, rarely do we get into an argument and it's truly, truly, truly all the firepower and all the force and all the, uh, the dynamite behind it is rarely coming from a single source. And I would even say it's rarely coming from the source in which we're arguing about in that moment, uh, which actually leads to the next point in the article, uh, which is the pre-anger, uh, point. So you got the trigger, but there's also the pre-anger and, and the idea is that, there, there's kind of two parts to this, according to the Psychology Today article. The, the first one is that we all have certain personality traits, uh, and we know that there are certain characteristics that um, make people more likely to experience anger, right? And so for, for some people, it's, it's some kind of um, uh, unresolved thing in their past. For some people, it's narcissism. For some people, it's work experience. I mean, there's all kinds of things. But then the second part of the pre-anger uh, is how the person was uh, feeling psychologically um, or psychosociologically uh, right before the situation. Uh, we, we have this thing at our house called Meltdown Thursday, uh, and, and we started observing this about three, maybe four years ago. And our oldest daughter would come in from school on Thursdays. And she would, by 4.30, she would lose her mind. Mm. And she would get so angry. And my wife and I started noticing, we were like, oh my gosh, I am so tired of Thursdays. And then we were like, oh, we just need to call them Meltdown Thursdays because, <clears throat> because Mary Claire's coming in, melting down, then Patrick's melting down, and you know everybody's just losing their mind. 
and we started to realize that Thursday was sort of our hump day. Um, Thursday was the day when everybody was just exhausted. And so we have this thing in our house called Meltdown Thursday. And, and, you know, when people are tired, when they're anxious, when they're angry already, they're way more likely to respond with anger. Um, And so being aware of that, when you're feeling tired, when you're feeling worn down, when there's another part of your life that you're experiencing anxiety in, just know that that trigger is going to be a lot easier to to pull, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 know that about yourself, but also know that about other people as well. That's right. The third piece is uh, a, a appraisal, uh, and I, I thought this was really nice, uh, a really nice kind of way to wrap up the article. Um, they they say ultimately though, uh, whether or not we get angry in a response to a particular situation has to do with how we appraise or evaluate the, 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 the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a, uh, there's a, a doctor they, they cite a good bit, Dr. Uh, Deffenbacher. I think that's his, his or her name. Uh, Deffenbacher smells like, kind of sounds like Doofenshmirtz. Uh, if you're a, <laughs> if you're a big Phineas and Ferb fan, uh, which I hope you are. And if you're not, you should be. And that might be this week's recommendation. Um, cognitive appraisal. Uh, is is something that uh, um, Dr. Deffenbacher talks about uh, as a model of, of anger. Um, he argues that when we get angry, or, or that we get angry when we appraise a situation as blameworthy, unjustifiable, or punishable. Uh, and so, uh, mm-hmm. when when we enter into those situations, we can know that if 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 it's feeling like okay, someone's to blame here, or or this is a completely unjustified situation, or you know, wait a minute, I mean, this is this is something that deserves punishment um, because someone's been wronged here, and and this you know we can't let this go. Uh, he he talks about in that uh, article, or they cite him as talking about those are the situations where our anger is. Um, is is stoked uh, and uh, the most, and if he had interpret if he'd interpreted the situation a little differently, he wouldn't have become so angry. And so the 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 important thing to remember about cognitive appraisal is that a person's anger inducing interpretation or appraisal of a situation isn't necessarily inaccurate. My wife says this all the time. It's not whether the person is right or wrong for being angry is that we have to understand why they're angry and understand that in their mind and in their heart, it is right, right? There, 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 there's a reason. It's not just that they, they come out of nowhere with it, that, that there's a, at least in their mind, there's a justifiable reason. And so we have to acknowledge that and not just say, well, that's wrong. You shouldn't feel that way. Well, at the end of the day, you feel that way. And so we have to deal with it and we have to work through it. Yeah. It's a, it's an acknowledgement that the um, that that emotion that feeling is normal and valuable yeah. and a part of who they are. Yeah. Um, and and that's I, I think that's the flip side because when we do this, we really discount the person, not the emotion. We think we're discounting the emotion. That's right. But we discount the person, and so if it's a relationship we care about, yeah, um, those are deep hurts. Yeah. Those those can cause deep wounds. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, in the in this whole episode, you know, we've we've really been talking about anger um, and and ways to ways to do that better. Uh, you know, one thing one thing I, th- I think this is important is sometimes, at least I think, sometimes not all the time, 
But sometimes anger is justified and, and even needed. Um, there, there's this quote from uh, the book, it's really popular right now, uh, Wrinkle in Time. And Mrs. Watson tells Meg, who's sort of the primary character, stay angry, little Meg. You will need all of your anger now. And, and there's this idea that if, if anger is justified, if there's, a, if there's a true reason, if there's a, not just true to us, but an objectively true reason, if we can, if we can harness and hone and, and channel that anger uh, into something that fuels us, that's positive, that fuels positive uh, results, then it can be a very powerful fuel it can be just like any fuel. You just think about rocket fuel. It's incredibly powerful. It's incredibly useful, but it's also incredibly volatile, right? And so while it can do a lot of good, it's also a tricky, it's a tricky substance to play with, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. And I haven't seen, I haven't read the book or seen that movie um, yet, but there's, I mean, most of the great movies right now revolve around like, uh, you know, Using your anger for good, uh, yeah. the Hunger Games yeah. kind of comes up for me. Like yep. any of these dystopian stories, um, Ready Player One, you know, like there's all these, it's Star Wars. Yeah, um, that's right. There's all these stories about how that can uh, be used. And to some extent, I feel like uh, we as people uh, are, are like, yeah, yeah, I can be angry at that. That's righteous anger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> And here's the thing, though. Like, if we have to call it righteous anger, it's not. Mm. Um, if if we have to justify our anger, yeah, um, then it's not worthy of being used in the way in the way you think you're using it. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's good. No, I, I think that I think that makes a lot of sense. And you know what? We we um, we all I think are guilty of using terms like righteous anger, justifiable anger, uh, as a scapegoat. Uh, when in actuality, there's a lot of repressed things that we that we really need to deal with. That's right. Again, there's times there's times when when we when we should be upset about something, but probably not nearly as as often as we um, as we as, think. as we think. <laughs> yeah, as we think. Yeah, yeah, man. Well, well Stephen, this week um, we received a ton of great comments um, about this topic from our friends on social media. Yeah, and uh, you know, each and every week, we we love just featuring um, uh, what you all say. We like to uh, spend some time in the show sharing your uh, the listening audience's ideas and questions about this week's topic. Uh, and so, we would love to hear from you uh, on uh, social media on Facebook at This One Good Life. We'd love it if you go and and like that page and follow us there and 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 comment. We put out a couple of questions each week uh, that we'd love to have you comment on, uh, or you can email us at info at this one good life.com. Uh, both of those are great places to interact with us. And uh, we would love to feature your, uh, your comments and your ideas and your thoughts and questions uh, on the show. So we, we got quite a few this week. Uh, again, um, you know, the question uh, that we asked, it, it was another one of those questions. We, we, we did this last week and uh, it seemed to really bring about some good discussion. So I thought I would give another open-ended question this week. And, and so the, uh, <clears throat> the open-ended question this week uh, was when, uh, or finish the sentence, when I am angry, I dot, dot, dot. 
Uh, and uh, we got quite a few quite a few comments from you guys. Um, and so I thought we'd just kind of deal with those. Um, uh, Craig, who, by the way, is Godfrey blah, blah, blah from last week, who you said you really <laughs> resonated with, uh, Bryant. Uh, Craig said, uh, I lose my temper far too quick. Uh, but like a fine wine, I have aged well, and I check it a lot quicker than when I was a kid or teenager. I, I think Craig brings up a really good point here. Um, if we're not progressing in this, if we're not growing in this, if if we're not learning how to refine our anger and how to recognize it and recognize those trigger points, then then we need to start practicing that, right? Uh, we yeah. we, we got to yeah. spend some time working through that um, because we we should always be growing and growing towards something better, right? Yeah, I I think our our response to anger is progressing regardless. So we're either intentionally working to um, good. help help progress that uh, in a way that's healthy or it just is going to progress in a way that's unhealthy. Yeah. Um, it, it's rarely it's, stagnant. It's rarely stagnant. It's going to yeah. do one or the other. Yeah. Um, this, this I love. Heather says, I quietly look for subtle ways to attack. Um, mm. And I love it because I was like, oh my gosh, yes. When mm-hmm. something happens, I, I step back and I go, oh, you know, you know there was that one thing and uh, well, Maybe I'll say this next, and then next time we chat, maybe I'll bring this up because yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's all those little subtle things of like, ooh, like a little sneak yeah. attack, you know? Well, yeah, and we and we start to, you know, the the Bible, uh, the Bible talks about, you know, the famous love chapter, First uh, uh, Corinthians thirteen. You know, it, uh, uh, Paul talks about uh, you hold no account of wrongs, right? And that's, but that's what some of us do. <laughs> As, totally. as a coping mechanism of anger, you just start building a list. And it's like, boy, I am loading that cartridge because next time this happens, I'm going to unload it on somebody. Right? Yeah, I, pr- I probably have a scroll of wrongs. You know, <laughs> that's like, right. That's whoop, right. Let me let me find the right page. <laughs> well, you know what's funny too is so um, so Katie, uh, who by the way is Craig's wife, you know, Craig said I lose my temper far too quick. Katie says I get really quiet. And I think that's interesting because I think a lot of times couples uh, will 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 have those defaults, right? I mean, that was that was my wife and I for for years and years and years and years. I would blow up, and then she'd get really quiet. And actually, this is a funny, but whatever. Uh, I would get really mad and be like, Ba-da-da-da-da-da-da! and she would she'd get really quiet and she'd walk away. And uh, for the first like year of her marriage, she would just go hide in a closet. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> And which makes me sound like I was this like violent, angry bear, but it was just her response was to just to be quiet and to kind of shut down. Right. Yeah. Well, they say like, especially in marriages, somebody always retreats, somebody always pursues. Right. Yep. Um, and I think traditionally that's probably a uh, female that retreats and the male that pursues, but it's not always that case. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, it totally makes sense. Yeah. And Catherine says, stop talking. Right. And, uh, Kathleen says, scream into a pillow to release my anger. So there's this kind of, you're, you're right. There's sort of this, uh, uh, a, a, a lot of our, uh, comments that are coming from women. It feels like it's much more of an internalization being quiet, screaming into a pillow, which is not letting the scream out, you know, essentially, I mean, it's letting out, but not out into the world. Um, there seems, I wonder how much of that is just cultural expectation that women are supposed to be nice and quiet and whatever. And the men are allowed to get angry and, and, and let it out. Yeah. I'm sure that some of that, I, I will, um, I think I've mentioned before, like yard work is, is a healthy practice for me. And so it's a thing 
where I can totally step out. I can go do some yard work for like three hours Mm -hmm. and come back and feel resolved and calm and at peace. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Well, and, you know, having good practices is a part of this, right? Because anger is going to come up and we're not always going to be able to use our, our kind of internal devices to to deal with it. And so, you know, Brad uh, wrote in and said, I text my therapist or I call my best friend and then I curse a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, taking those proactive steps, knowing that, hey, these are some external resources that I can reach out to that will help me is, is pretty is pretty awesome. Um, pretty awesome. So, um, just two more, uh, and then we'll, we'll move on. Um, <laughs> Rick says, I used to yell and throw things, not very effective and lots of negative side effects. I still yell, but I haven't thrown anything in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> and then Michael, I thought this would be a fun way to kind of wrap this part up. Michael writes in and he says, eat, I just what? eat. <laughs> so we all have positive and coping uh, and negative coping sure. mechanisms, right? <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Mm. Well, thank you all so much for uh, for writing in and uh, all those incredible comments and questions on social media. Uh, we, we love engaging with you all uh, last week, and would love to hear from you all this week as well. Yeah, and on uh, next week's episode of the podcast, we're going to dive into um, some conversations about what we measure um, mm-hmm. in our lives. And, and really, it comes from a place of the, the things we measure matter the most. Yep. Um, and you might not be a spreadsheet person or a math person or whatever, um, but it, maybe as, as folks will see in the conversation, um, there's still measuring taking place. And so uh, we're going to dive into that next week. We'd love to hear from you on social media, especially on Facebook at This mm-hmm. One Good Life or through email at info at thisonegoodlife.com. And finally this week, we'll dive into some of mine and Brian's recommendations for you all. Yes, uh, this is a time where we share some of the good stuff we're discovering in our lives um, that we hope will, uh, you know, add beauty and uh, goodness to yours. Stephen, what do you have? Yeah, so I've got this book. Um, it's called The 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership. Uh, it was a book that I came across a, a number of years, probably about four years ago. Uh, it's a leadership book, uh, but I think it's a lot more. Um, mm. It's it's. It, it's a it's a whole life book. I mean, it, it's great for you if if you're in, uh, you know, if you're in business, if you work in a factory, it's good for you if you if you are, uh, you know, if you have a family. I mean, it's a it's a good relationship book, uh, and it has a um, it has a lot of evaluative pieces. Uh, but the 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 basic premise of the book is there there are fifteen commitments um, that are listed and kind of parsed out in the book. And the idea is it's kind of 15 areas of your life, 15 ways you kind of deal with life. And you ask the question every day, am I above the bar in in this commitment in my life or am I functioning below the bar? In other words, Mm -hmm. am I functioning in a healthy place or am I functioning in in an unhealthy place? And so it's sort of like a checklist. Uh, You can can put it somewhere in your office, uh, on a desk, in your kitchen, uh, and basically look at it every day and say, where am I functioning above the bar and where am I functioning below the bar and and how can I keep the things above the bar above the bar and how can I raise the things that are below the bar up? Uh, it's a fantastic book. Uh, they, they their website also has lots of really good uh, kind of those whiteboard videos. You know those illustration videos. A lot of really good videos. Um, I think it's a fantastic book. And so uh, so that's my recommendation uh, for this week. Uh, Brian, what about you? 
Yeah, I've got a book too. Um, the book is The Argument Free Marriage. Uh, and oh, then there's nice. a subtitle called, you know, it's like 28 Days to, um, to Living Into That or, or whatever. Um, it's written by Fawn Weaver. Um, Fawn has done some TED Talks as well on, on this subject. And really, it's 28 practices as you go through the book. I, I didn't read it in 28 days. I read it probably in like 28 weeks. Um, <laughs> but as you go through, each each reading is kind of a new aha approach uh, to dealing with um, arguments and, and really starting with who we are and maybe even starting at the beginning of the day and, and things that don't even uh, come up in our arguments, but either set us up for it or um, help prevent it. So um, she argues uh, that her and her husband live an argument-free marriage. Um, wow. They've found other ways to kind of deal and, and talk and respond and um, react to each other. Um, and, and it's really helpful, a lot of good tips. I think if you if you read that book, you'll walk away with something um, yeah. that you can apply immediately um, in the middle of argument and, uh, so and have, good. have new results. Well, and I think I think reading a book like that too is so um, is so helpful for couples to to read that together to give a co- to give a common language and a common place to start from. Um, That's right. Because unless both people are willing to practice, it's it's unless both people are willing to play ball, it's just not going to work, right? <laughs> you need two teams. Yeah, right? That's it, man. That's it. <laughs> Well, that just about does it for this week's show. We are so grateful that you chose to join us for this podcast. Yeah, and as we close this week, remember the words of William Yates. The world is full of magical things, patiently waiting for our senses to grow sharper. See you next week.